You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bringing you the best story, best trends, and best game from the best conference. Fourth and manageable, an SEC football podcast. Now, here's John Chuckery and Ashley Holder. Ashley, I want to start with this. I said this about a, a week ago. So when I moved to Atlanta in 1993, I was always told about the sleeping giant that was the University of Georgia. Now, obviously, they won the national championship in 1980. Herschel, Vince Dooley. I remember all that. I watched all that. I got all that. When I moved to Atlanta, everybody talked about this is the program that if they ever get their act together, can be at the top of the mountain. And you heard it for so long. Like when I moved to Atlanta, Ray Goff was the coach, and then Jim Donnan, and there were some good things, but when Mark Richt got there, that's when the program really kind of took off, right? And they started getting back into the SEC championship business, but they still could not get over that hump into the national title picture. Close. I mean, they they finished the one year under Mark Richt, number two in the nation. They came in as preseason number one after they'd beaten Hawaii in the Sugar Bowl, but Mark Rick's program kind of fell off a little bit, right? And so yeah. they let Mark Rick go. And and I was one of the people that honestly, I had said I was not in favor of moving on from Mark Rick. I still thought that the program was in good shape and that he could get this thing fixed and turn around. But I'll first admit, I was completely wrong because what I've said, when you see this program now, they have now surpassed everybody, including Bama and Clemson, Georgia's the best program in the United States right now. Kirby is the best coach in America right now. And what they've done these last two years as they're set up to make another national title run, this is basically the best run that Georgia's ever had in its program history. Yeah, exactly. Everything that you said is right. You look at Georgia, right? The the team before they were trying to do exactly what this year's team is doing, right? Going 13 and 0. It hasn't what has it's the first time in history of that program that it's that it's happened, right? And I think right there, that's hard to do just to go straight undefeated the entire way. They obviously played some tough teams, not really. They've been able to just kind of scoot past most most of these teams. But yeah, I mean, what people are calling them basically the new Alabama. We knew eventually Nick Saban and them were probably going to be on their, I don't say downfall because they're still a very good team, but they weren't going to be that pillar anymore. And Georgia is that team that now that is finally there. Yeah, they do have a couple of more, you know, titles before they get to, you know, exactly where Alabama is, but they're, it's the, it's all about trajectory, right? And what, what else can you say about a team like this? Two the defending national champs, they've since Kirby's been there, they've been to two, they've won one, lost one. So I mean, they're they're just on a really good trajectory. It's very um, I mean, you kind of look at them, well, who's gonna beat them? And I guess this year the their answer is nobody. You know, I went to Tennessee, so I was really hoping. I had high hopes now. <laughs> and high hopes. I still believe if we would have played them at home. Maybe something would happen, but uh, yeah, that that was they're just they're an awesome team, man. I mean, you look at the NFL draft. What it said that they set a record for the most picks in the single NFL draft. Yeah, they sent 15, 15 players yeah. to the NFL draft last year, this past spring. So, I mean, how crazy is that? Like, this is a team where everybody wants to go. Is it now just Bama in, in Georgia where, you know, you look at these top recruits are going? Or are they going outside? But for sure, that first pick is definitely now now Georgia. 
Well, I think you look at you look at the the elite, and I mean tippy top of the mountain of recruiting that Kirby Smart does. You know, last year was the number one pick in the draft. There's a really good chance they're going to have the number one pick in the draft again with Jalen Carter. I mean, he's that dominant of a player. So the recruiting is there. You're bringing in all the kids that you want. There's no fall off on that. And we saw a few years ago that Clemson was really at the top of the mountain. I mean, and Alabama's had its consistency over this Nick Saban run. The funny part is, you know, Saban started off six and six, losing to, what was it, Louisiana Monroe in his first year at Alabama. And the funny part was on that first Nick Saban team, you know, they did not have a player that was picked in the NFL draft following that season. There wasn't a single Alabama player hmm. drafted. Now it's, you know, their whole roster every year is the first right. round draft pick out there. But if you look at where Kirby's got this program, there's no step back. They they can dominate their, their side of the division, even with Tennessee and Florida and everybody else. Those teams have kind of moved up and down at times. Tennessee obviously had a remarkable year, but we'll see what the post-Hendon Hooker era looks like. But when you look at everything, facilities are in place now. The recruiting is in place now. The money's all flowing in. Everything that you need to have your program at the top of the mountain is what Georgia has right now. Yeah, I mean, this team hasn't lost a regular season game, what, since 2020? I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of crazy to be able to say something like that. And for, But you know what? When you talk about recruiting, once you have a – you've been able to put a team – I don't want to say on top of the mountain, but you know, they're a high pillar team. It, recruiting doesn't become that hard anymore. Like I don't right. want, I don't like to think that Kirby is not saying he's not out in his, his scouts or whatever, or not out working hard, but come on at this point, if you're four-star, five-star, you want to go to Georgia nine, nine times, eight times out of 10, that's where you want to be. So I kind of feel like, you know, when it comes to that, that that's where people are hoping like, has Georgia reached out? Has Georgia talked to me? Has, you know, things like that. Like, I feel like they're, they're that big of a school where now that you have all those things. And then once you're winning national championships, like you said, facilities and all that, all the money is going to be consistently rolling in. And like you talked about the consistency with Alabama, that's what Georgia has been doing. I mean, they've been consistent. You're looking for a team to just hopefully be able to knock them off. You know, it was able to happen last year, at least as regular season, you know, but you're, you're, like now you're you're just you're trying to just you're looking to beat Alabama, right? Now you know they're beatable. Okay, now it's like all right, you're the SEC. You got to knock off Georgia. It's just you you have everybody gunning for you at this point, just like how Alabama was. Well, I think there's two things too. Geography plays a role in it. Like for instance, I can walk out my front door, pick up a rock off the ground, throw it as far as I can, and I'll hit a half a dozen four and five star kids in this town. I mean. When you look at Atlanta, the state of Georgia, in the football landscape of things, there aren't three states better in the country for high school football and the recruiting. So you're in a massive hotbed. If you just if you just keep some of the top kids home, you're going to be at the top of the mountain from a recruiting standpoint. The other part of this is, is checking off all of the things that previous administrations and coaches in the program couldn't do. So, you know, Look, Kirby's early mantra was they can't beat Alabama. They can't get past the Alabama hump. Well, they took care of that. Well, they don't play as well in the big games. Well, start with the Oklahoma Rose Bowl where they beat Oklahoma and got themselves in the national title game and then couldn't beat Alabama. Every time that they've had one of those things that needed to be checked off of where their resume is, they've done that now. Now, now they've beaten Alabama. They've gotten to the playoffs. They've won a national title. 
And it's why they're the betting favorite right now. And look, they're going to play at home. I mean, that's pretty much what this game is. The Peach Bowl is going to be playing Ohio State at home. Um, they're a, a touchdown favorite right now in the game. And I don't care if they play Michigan or TCU. They're going to be a favorite when the national title game is played as well. You you start getting into back-to-back national champions. You think about how few coaches even have one. I think there's only, what, five active coaches in college football that actually have a national title. How many guys have two? I mean, that's Saban and Dabo. That's it. And, and if you get into that stratosphere now, you look at everything. This program is not going away anytime soon. And yeah. I will say Kirby's been the best hire in college football really in the last decade in, in, in the sport. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about, um, gosh, it just went out of my head. What was the last thing that you just said about Kirby? But yeah, Kirby has obviously been very good for, um, this program, obviously since he's arrived in, arrived in 2016, I mean, what else more can you ask about him now? Can we go, you can have another conversation on why he didn't win the coach of the year. Right. I, I you go back and forth on, Heibel did a lot for Tennessee too, as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Considering of what they where they were just a couple of years ago, but I'm also. Hey, and by the way, I vote. My vote would go to Josh Heupel for Coach of the Year. In the oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I, nobody saw this coming from from Tennessee this year. And for how many kids left that program for mm-hmm. when he got there and where they are now? I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But you know, Kirby obviously has been very good for where they've been able, where he's been able to lead those guys and stuff like that. But more than numbers and stuff like that. I, being able to talk to some of the guys um, from what I've got is the sentiment is they just actually believe in, believe in Kirby. Right. I feel like yeah. as a former athlete, you have to be able to believe in your coach. You have to believe and in, in buy into what he's saying and what he's preaching. And as well as like all your line coaches, whatever, what are your position coaches, whatever it, it might be, you know, and I feel like they actually believe this guy and they know with, with this program, they want to win a national championship. They want to go far because some of these guys are going to get out three years, to, you know, they're going to do their time and then they're going to go for, for the most part, you know? So I feel like with all that, they, they really buy in for what Kirby's been able to do. And then obviously you can go into the numbers and just look from what he's, you know, been able to do with the two national championships, like you said, back to back and not losing a regular season game in over two years. And, you know, I mean, there's just so many, I can say they've played in five sec championships, winning two, you know, and then losing two. like, I mean, how, 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 how do you even compete with that? Not compete with that, but how, I mean, what do you say about that? Of course, he's an amazing coach and, um, you know, but they talked a lot about, you know, who, who was not a predecessor. He wasn't a predecessor of him, but who did he, who was kind of a mentor to him? Well, yeah, like, Kirby who, spent a decade with Nick Saban. In Nick Alabama. Saban, right. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. it's like, like how many times are we going to talk about Andy Reid and Nick Saban leading the way for how many different coaches in the NFL and in, in college football. Right. So it, again, it's just like, Nick Saban is like a just a tree with all these branches of coaches that have, you know, been under him and been able to to take his philosophy and go far. And I think Kirby is just I mean, he's probably the one that's taken off one of the top three that have taken off and done very phenomenal with it. It's interesting you say that, too, because that was going to be my next point. So they are now also becoming the destination for assistant coaches to come to. You know, Todd Munkin is a Broyles Award finalist for this year. There's a, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced he's going to be back next year because I think somebody, either in the NFL or a smaller coaching job, will pull up Todd Munkin and, and pull him in there. So he's either going to be an NFL coordinator or he's going to get a head coaching job sooner than later. Dan Lanning, we saw their defense coordinator last year. He was out in Oregon. He got a top, you know, a premier program. He got a Power Five program. 
they brought in Will Muschamp. I mean, look, they're going to become the next, I don't want to say resurrection program the way that Bama has been, but this is also a destination spot for assistant coaches. Because if you come to Georgia and you do well, you, you see it already with NFL scouts. They poll all of the Georgia players. Well, guess what? NFL teams, Power 5 programs, they're going to poll all those assistants and put them in place. Just like, just like Nick Saban, even Dabo Sweeney. I mean, though, one of the things that set those guys apart is how good their staffs have been. You know, Brent Venable spent a lifetime there. Heck, Kirby was uh, 10 years with, with Nick Saban in Alabama. You have to have that great staff that goes along with it to help you with recruit, not just with your day-to-day coaching, but your recruiting and everything else. But this is now a destination spot for assistant coaches in the country. And you talk about that being a uh, destination spot. You know, when you talk about Alabama, though, you know, what does that look like with without Nick Saban, right? Does, right. Is he leaving? And, the and then I have very a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions of why he's leaving, right? I'm, okay, he might want to, he actually might want to retire and live his life, be with his family, whatever. But is it also because he realized that Alabama is no longer, granted, they are still a very good team. They're still in the top and whatnot, but they're beatable, right? They're not going to the national championship. They're not, they're not in the playoffs, things like that. So is it, is it now like, okay, well, you know, it's, the, uh, it's time for me to go. Uh, granted you will never know, but. Well, I'll tell you what, Nick Saban will coach as long in Alabama as Miss Terry lets him coach at Alabama. I mean, that's, I mean, his wife, Terry, I mean, when she says, okay, Nick, it's time to come home and, and hang it up. That's when it'll happen. I mean, that, and I'm not saying that in a minimalist way, but that's just the relationship that they have that when, when she says it's time to come home, that's how, that's when it'll be time for Nick. Well, I guess Tom Brady didn't listen to that one. Well, no, no, Tom Brady's got (laughs) a lot of other things. Tom Brady should have learned his lesson the first time around when he was with his supermodel (laughs) girlfriend and all that uh, actress and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, but no, I mean, you know, to your point, you know, Nick Saban is the second oldest coach in the country. Now, Mech Brown is the oldest coach in the country right now. You know, you always wonder about how long those guys are going to go. But you look at where Kirby is right now. And and I've asked this question. I'll ask you this. He wins another national. Let's say Kirby wins a national title this year. Vince Dooley is considered the best coach in the history of Georgia football. Before Kirby Smart, Mark Richt was the second best coach in the history Mm -hmm. of football. I believe Kirby's the second best coach in history of Georgia program. How far away is Kirby from being, if he wins another national title, is it too early to call him the best coach in Georgia history? Does he have to stay around a little bit longer? Because I will tell you, in his short amount of time, he's done just about everything that Vince Dooley did in a much longer period of time. The Natties, the SEC titles, I mean, he's done everything in a more compressed time than even Vince did at the University of Georgia. Well, I think he's definitely already up there with him, but I think he would have to stay a little bit longer. I mean, if you go to the national championship this time around and you win it back-to-back, I mean, that's – your. You're already up there, right? You're you're already up there now, but you've already surpassed that. But if if you do that, you know they're already still a, a top pillar team. That why why stop, right? You gotta you gotta keep right. going. I mean, right. it's, it's a possible chance for them to three peat, four peat. Like you 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 just don't you just really don't know. But the way that he's going, the the guys that he's bringing in, the way that they're buying in, the numbers that they're putting up. I mean, and with with the good quarterback, right? They can make it happen, so it would be way too early, I think, for him to definitely not to bow out. But yeah, he's—I think he—he he definitely can can pass Dooley. I just think 
you know, when you look at back in the day, people respect that guy so much, right? So it's well, like, you know, it's so much it's so much history with that. Right. So, when he died, I said that actually there, there are so few of those guys left a lot. And I hate to say it this way, but there are not a lot of those kind of legendary guys alive in the yeah. world of college football. I mean, there just aren't those kind of, you know, the Bo Schembechlers and the Vince Dooleys and those kinds of people, those personalities aren't just there anymore. Like the sport is missing some of that personality um and that was the thing about Vince was just you know he you know again he transcended the program he was an athletic director for Georgia you know he was below I mean there's so many things about all of that so 